Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the World of Ink Network, founded in 2011 by Virginia Grenier and Marsha Cook. Their vision was to start a radio show that helped writers reach their dreams. The World of Ink has a wonderful group of hosts who are dedicated to delivering shows to entertain and inspire listeners. The World of Ink Network shares resources that introduce tips, products, and services to help strengthen, support, and challenge those who love writing and the written word. Their hope is to bring not only authors, illustrators, and publishers together, but screenwriters, directors, and producers. New to the network will be a variety of special shows, bringing not only entertaining shows, but informative discussions on timely subjects. To learn more about us, go to www.worldofinknetwork.com or visit us on our Facebook and Twitter pages. Thank you for your support and enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. It's going to be another great show, children's show, and we've got authors and we've got an illustrator, which is always fun to have. And, uh, well, I'll give a few messages first. Okay, first we're going to have, um, there's going to be a few different shows that I'm having. Uh, I'm actually, well, why should that be any different than the eight years or nine years I've been on? They're always different. So uh, we're going to have um, Christine and Genevieve, they're publishers, um, and also Southern Isle Publications does a lot of my promotions, and they do a lot of people's promotions that are in the children's uh, book authors. And um, so they'll be on next Thursday, the 2nd, which I it's not my usual day, but once again I'm adding shows. So And they're going to talk about publishing and editing, and um, hopefully I'll get Fidelity Publishing on again uh, because Fidelity, she – Robin at Surface does all of mine, and it's pretty tough out there for to be small publishers. And uh, we're going to talk about the editing and publishing, and you know how everybody's getting their books published today. And it is really tough. And a lot of them have, you know, disappeared over the nine years I've been doing shows. So the smaller publishers that are around, they've sustained all these years. So I think they'll be around for a long time because it's been tough out there for authors. And uh, independent authors don't have it that easy, but um, there is, uh, in May, May 11th, it's where, well, it's actually, let's see, it's May 3rd, I got the wrong, it's May, yeah, it is May 11th. There's a special international where um, it's international authors and publishers and uh, marketing people, which is one full day. Um, Joanne Lindell from, she's from Italy and she we do this we did it last year and a lot of people participate and there'll be a lot of things online on that day that will show and talk to the what the needs of for authors and it's pretty tough out there so it's always good to hear more information and the more information you get the better it is and things do change as does Facebook, Instagram, you know, and they change a lot of, even on my show here, like they change the, the chat room, they change a lot of things, and sometimes they don't tell us. So I guess that's when it's good to talk to experts because they, they're on, you know, they're online with what's happening, and uh, I try to do the same. But I am trying to write a little bit more because I, that's what I do, and I'm an author, writer, blog talk show host, and screenwriter. So, uh, and I was an agent with the Writers Guild. So, I'm going to let the, our guests, which are Karen Vitamin, Philip Damani, I hope I said it wrong, and Jacob Podcast. And so, they're going to be talking, and I'm going to let them tell you what, you know, a little bit about themselves, then we're going to go into a, a discussion. And if anybody does want to call in, they could call in, but um, the number is. Seven one four two four two five two five nine. If you have anything you want to ask any of the authors or illustrator, so uh, we'll start with. Let's start with Jacob. Hi, Jacob. How are you? I'm doing swell. Thanks so much for having us. And I love to have illustrators on. So tell us a little bit about how you got involved in doing children's illustrations. 
Well, I've been a professional artist for some time. I have a master's degree in interdisciplinary design from Chatham University in Pittsburgh, and I work primarily now as a uh, as an illustrator and as a graphic artist, a number of different formats. So Great. that includes children's illustration, but also I've done um, covers for more mature books. I have done a lot of you know branding and logo type of work. Basically, my job revolves around helping people tell their story, and whether that is a physical story that one would actually open in the form of a book, or whether that is the story of their company or their personal brand, that's kind of where I uh, I'm located at. Oh, that's what, where can they reach you? Well, maybe we should we'll do this at the beginning sometimes because sometimes in case they don't stay at the end, where can they reach you if they want you? Do a lot of my work and get in contact with me via my website at jacobpopcheck.com, J-A-C-O-B-P-O-P-C-A-K.com. Okay, that's good. Because, you know, people are always looking for, uh, you know, graphics, and it is hard, and you really have to use experts because, you know, you have to have the right format, and we will go into that later because if you don't, it doesn't work. You can't just make a book and pretend the format is going to work and the pictures. It doesn't happen that way. It takes a lot of work, right, exactly. I don't think, and children's books especially. So I, we will talk to Philip. How are you? I'm fine. How are you today? I'm good. So you got into this just lately, and tell everybody yes, about, about what your decision yeah, was. Yeah, about uh, I guess it was about a year and a half ago. Uh, basically, I, I had my first grandson two and a half years ago. And when you start getting into the grandchildren, I started thinking about getting him children's books and reading to him like I did with my daughters when they were young. And as I'm thinking about that and talking with my daughters, we were reminiscing about some stories I used to make up for my kids when they were preschool. And uh, there was one story in particular that they just loved. I made it up. And uh, I had to tell it to them every night for I don't know how many years, and they just they just loved it. So I asked my youngest daughter, "Do you think if I made a book out of this, uh, that that might be a good book?" And of course, she encouraged me because she loved the story, and then it was something I could do for my daughters and my grandchildren. So uh, that's one thing to have the thought, but then how do you do this? My background is. Uh, uh, mechanical engineering, and I was an executive in the energy business, so I don't know much about writing children's books. I've done a lot of writing in my field. But um, basically, I, I asked a friend of mine to help me find a local author who could help me think this through, and he introduced me to a mutual friend of Jacob's and ours. And we had, we had lunch, and then he introduced me to Jacob, and then Jacob and I... Um, talked about the book and he liked the, the story and I couldn't be more pleased because his wonderful illustrations just yeah. brought the book to life. Yeah. yeah. That, well, that, that is really is so important in a children's book and um, I think anybody that writes children's books, which Karen will be on in a minute too, she knows about that too because it's really important. Karen, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you so much. I'm so glad to have you on. All right, do you want to now? You can add into this because you just started also doing children's books. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, that is true. Well, you know, it wasn't something I necessarily planned. I mean, I've enjoyed writing my entire life, um, but I have never published. But about 12 years ago, after my mom's passing, a year later, we finally decided to go through all of her boxes and boxes of stuff. You know, that dreaded. Yeah, moment. <laughs> As I was going through it, I found this old, you know, envelope. Opened it up, and there were these scratch notes and kind of pin sketchings of this story, uh, the adventures of Gary the gargoyle. And I remember just in the little bit that she had kind of written out, it was just, it was hilarious. And yeah. I thought, you know what? I would love to write that, but what do I know about writing a children's book? Well, twelve years later, I was finally inspired <laughs> to do right. something. Yeah. And, um, you know, luckily I have an overactive imagination, so I could take her general concepts and just run with it. And it is just, it was an incredible journey. But thank goodness I also found, after doing some good research, <laughs> um, being a scientist, good at that, um, an excellent editor, 
that really helped me uh, bring this book to fruition. And uh, I also use Robin with uh, Fidelity. Yes, I know. That's how that's how she told me about you also. And you know. Um, it, it really matters when you're doing independent books, uh, you know, that you have uh, the right publisher, the right illustrator, and things have changed over the last, well, I've been doing book, I've been in the business 20 years, but I've been publishing for about 10 or 11. And Robin also, which is Fidelity Publishing, we have changed a lot of our thinking along the way my books were, and I've redone some of my books with illustrators, because at the beginning, a lot of people did use clip art, and the most amazing thing to me was, when we did clip art, nobody seemed to even know it was clip art, it was weird, you know, and um, I knew it, so (laughs) then I went with an illustrator. Yeah, yeah, Rob helped me find my illustrator as well. Um, Yes, you know, I and I found really mine from I, doing shows. You know, I've done shows for nine years, so we've had so many people on. And Virginia Grenier, who lives in Utah, was my partner with World of Ink. And um, she hasn't been doing shows for a couple of years, but I met Mikey Brooks, who did my illustrating. And so uh, I know the importance of an illustrator. And that's why Jacob, I mean, you know, that's why, you know, it's great to have illustrators on because I think some people don't realize how important it is to have an illustrator um, but you also have to have an illustrator that sees your vision. So how do you feel about that? Because I know people, that's a lot of times they have illustrations, but they don't like what happened. So how would you, what would you tell all the people that are listening, how they can reach their illustrator and tell them, you know, have them feel the same way they do? Because that's always hard, I well, think. That's one of the difficult parts. Well, uh, you know, to, to answer that question, I, I think, I've worked in in both indie press publishing and well, I know for me, I mean, um, I'm not publishing. an illustrator. Hello. Oh, sorry. Oh, Jacob was I think talking. I don't know what happened here. We think. Okay, go ahead, Jacob. I'm sorry. No worries. I uh, I've worked in both traditional publishing and indie press publishing, um, and and of course, anyone who's worked in traditional publishing will know that uh, once you submit a manuscript to the publisher. Uh, oftentimes, you have no contact with the illustrator at all. Um, the, yeah, the that's true. Works with an outside illustrator and and allows the illustrator's vision to kind of take the author's vision to a new place and to the next level. Uh, I prefer indie publishing, therefore, kind of for that reason, because it gives me more of a chance to work with the author and to get their vision. But I do think there's a grain of truth that indie authors should look to in traditional publishing, which is that, you know, if you find a really capable artist, you know, not, not someone who can promise you an amazing deal through their right. website or, right. you know, right. any kind of these scam <laughs> things that you often find online. But if you work with, yeah. a, with a really, you know, professional artist who, who does yeah. this and puts a lot of pride into it, well, then, you know, they're going to, they're going to want to bring their best selves to the project. And ideally what's going to happen is that you can really emotionally communicate what is most important to you about your story. You know, so for instance, when, when Philip and I began working on, on our book, Penny Penguin finds her way home, we talked a lot about uh, different types of worlds that we could set her in. And we talked a lot about different looks that we could set her in a lot of different illustration styles and it was very clear the kinds of emotions that he was trying to indicate. And it was it was it was pretty clear to me, you know, the 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 spirit that he wanted the individual characters to have. And so, but I got to hand it to him, and, and I'm sure he can speak more to this. He was very open to hearing my suggestions as well. So when he said, well, you know, the the whale character in the book, I really want him to be fun and and kind of islandy and have a kind of a chill vibe. You know, originally he had sort of conceptualized that character as sort of a surfer character, but he was open enough to me and to my creative input to say, well, you know, we might be able to communicate the the kinds of motives and the kinds of emotions you're looking to communicate with instead of a surfer character, kind of an, an islandy character. And he was very open to that. And so, you know, we developed that character together, and I think it came out really well. And, and I just use it as an example of. You know, Find an illustrator who you really respect 
find an illustrator who you really think their art is is terrific so that when they come to the table and they say, hey, I like this thing about your story that maybe you haven't even noticed before or you haven't even picked up on before, and I'd like to bring it out or emphasize it with a picture that's a little bit more like this or a character that's a little bit more like that, you know, then you can have that really nice creative reciprocal relationship where everybody gets their needs met and everybody gets to shine. Yeah, see, that's that's good. All right, Karen, I know that in your book you have a lot of text, and it's um, a difficult book to do. So do you want to talk a little about how you and Robin worked that out? Yes. Um, so, yeah, so it isn't necessarily traditionally done in terms of falling into one category of early reader or picture book because um, I really wanted the illustrations um, – to stand out and I, I drove my illustrator nuts. She was wonderful because in my brain I, I knew exactly what I wanted for every last detail. But I, I can't draw a stick figure, you know, and she was amazing because it was just like, you know, what you were saying just now, you know, she could really capture what it was I wanted to say through the illustrations and how I wanted you know, everybody in Gary's upside down adventure from Gary to the kids to the other animals they're, they're feeling their emotions to come out. And she was also really great about also sharing her input and, and um, you know, and, and how to bring these characters to life. So, yeah, there is quite a bit um, of text um, in the story, but it's also yes. filled with yeah. large, you know, illustrations throughout. And um, that was a challenge because there's only so much, you know, <laughs> can only make a children's book long. And um, trying to get all the illustrations in I wanted was a challenge, and, and to make a match up with the text on the pages, because um, that's a very a challenging first book, I would say, you know, um, to do because it's gutsy to do that because you know a, a lot of first-time authors wouldn't have done it that way, but it it turned out terrific. But it's you can see that it requires a lot of work with you know. And uh, if you've never done one before, I think when when people are doing stories, I mean, I myself, I didn't, you know, sometimes you don't think you're as fussy as you are. Like I know the first time I decided to have an illustrator do my, my books again, you know, after, you know, always working with Robin. But when they did it, it was completely not, you know, and it probably was my fault because at that time I didn't know as much as I did about the children's books. I was mostly a screenwriter. I wrote children's books, but I did the illustrations. You know, that's why I do believe in illustrators a lot now, much more than I did even at the beginning of, you know, my career. But because I looked at the illustrations and I went, and they were beautiful, but they were not, they had they didn't match my book at all. Nothing. <laughs> it was nothing that matched. It was so... And I didn't know what to do, so the only thing I could do is I paid him, and then I just didn't use any of them. And they were, I did, I wasn't, you know, I actually hadn't thought about that until we're talking today. And I just remembered that story because, you know, I mean, over the last 20 years, I've done so many different things. But that that's why, you know, if you're right, Jacob, you have to trust the person, you know, but you actually, both of you, Karen and Philip, you talked to the illustrator. Like he said, oh, I'll take care of it, and he did take care of it. And they were gorgeous, but they had no no meaning. They didn't mean what my story was saying. So I think that was a lesson for me, you know, and um, I didn't haven't thought about that until you guys were talking right now about well, that. There's so many of these online you know, like yeah. editors now and illustrators. Yeah. And I remember when I started, I had I had no idea what I was doing. You said, oh, wow, what a, what a gutsy move. Well, I didn't know any different, so I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I remember reaching out and, and they said, oh, no, we only talk online or, you know, it's only done online. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. what? Yeah, no, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, I personal. Yeah. That's what happens. If I could also you, add to this, um, just, yeah, just you, as far as the yeah, no, discussing things with your illustrator goes. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm sure Philip can speak to this as well. But, you know, a, a professional artist is going to have, oftentimes, um, if, if, if they're the kinds of person you want to be working with, and I'm really sharing this information so that listeners to your program can, yeah, right. can get a sense Important. of the kinds of things they should be looking for in an artist. Right, right. Um, a really professional artist is going to have kind of a three-tier model for the way they present your art to you so that you have 
a lot of creative input. So when we were developing Penny Penguin Finds Her Way Home, the first thing I did was have a, a longer conversation with Philip about what those characters were going to look like and what that and what the story was that was going to be told. Um, to the degree that we really we we sort of edited the piece together and we went through it together. Um, and then within that, I gave him just what's called concept art, where I drew out each of the characters individually, not as how they would appear in the book, but with uh, with backgrounds and things like that, but just the characters themselves so that he could decide whether or not he liked those depictions of the characters before the full illustrations in the book were ever done. Then it came the second stage where I, I did all of the black and white art. So it was really just sort of pencil lines and it, it, it was kind of a uncolored coloring book version of his, of his story. And I submitted all of those pictures to him so that he could go through that and he could sort of edit the way people were positioned or if he didn't like something about it, we could change it at that point pretty easily and pretty cheaply because color hadn't been put down yet. And color is a really difficult part of the whole process. Right. Um, But he could also imagine what the color was going to look like because he had already seen full concept art. So he's at this point feeling very comfortable. He, He knows what he's getting into. And I know what I'm providing and I'm not being taken advantage of because I'm not having to go redo full color artwork that takes a long time and is very expensive to reproduce. So then finally, when we got to the third stage of actually putting down the full color, we knew exactly what we were getting and we both were exactly on the same page and could go into that final phase uh, with a lot of confidence and a lot of excitement about the final product. See, that, you see that's so interesting. Now, Philip, it, it's like you hit the jackpot. Okay, because I, you I haven't did, done a I book. Did hit, yes. I, I, I did hit the jackpot. But, yes. see, but see, Jacob, Jacob and I think a lot alike. In, in my field of engineering and energy, I had to be very systematic in yeah. doing things. Otherwise, you waste a lot of money and, 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 and projects don't come together properly. He took the art and with his three-phase approach, which is how we do design and engineering, uh, you start off with a, with a small amount of concept and move forward from there. So when you get to the end, you're not uh, disappointed at all because you you bought into everything along the way. And I do remember uh, this is about a little penguin. I had I had daughters, so I had to come up with a cute kids like penguins, a cute uh, little girl penguin. Now yeah. what would she look like? I had no idea, and, and of course I left it up to Jacob. Give me some ideas on how you would depict a little girl penguin. Yeah. And and he and he, to his to his credit, he he did some research on the different types of penguins and came back to me and said, well, you know, we could have her look like this because it's a different type of penguin or this type. I can't even remember all the types because Jacob was better at that. And then we settled on what we did have here, and it just it just hit the jackpot. You're right. See, and like Karen, what you were saying before is really true. You know, it's when you know I think people think that they can get things done without talking to people, but I can't, I have not been able to do that. Because if you do not talk to someone, you have no idea their thoughts. Because just from being online, you can't, you know, that's why, you know, I'm sure you worked with Robin the same way I did. You can talk to her. So I hear a lot of publishers and illustrators, they work without ever talking to the person, and that does not work. So it seems to me like Philip and Jacob, they work this out together, and it's their book together. And, Karen, you did the same. And I, when I finally found Mikey Brooks to do mine, yes, he he actually, anytime he did something, he got what I was saying, okay? And it was really a good match and you know and so like a lot of times now in my books if I want a cover like let's say I will um, ask Mikey I'll get a picture and when you when you have to look through I which I do look through pictures like I said Jacob you say I look through so many pictures of dogs and I could not find the dog I wanted and everybody in my other books said you don't need dogs on your cover. I go, I do need a dog because my dog talks, and it's a romantic comedy, but the dog talks, and this is her story. And after it was done, I sent him a picture. You know, the book was done. I sent a picture, and then he did it. You know, he really did some artwork on it, and then Robin did use it. But And then that's the one thing that people like about my book is they liked the dog and the cover. So, I mean, sometimes – 
you have to, as the author, you have to have something to say, but, you know, you also have to find the right person that can help you say that because just because somebody down the street says to you, you know, I don't think I like that. I'm not big on beta readers, which I've mentioned many times, or a million people reading my work or looking at my work. And, you know, and I can tell that both of you, Karen and Philip, you had your mind made up and you both found good people to illustrate because otherwise your books wouldn't look the way they do. They would look just like other people. I can't even imagine somebody not talking to their illustrator face-to-face (laughs) and doing this online. That just sounds crazy to me. Well, Well, absolutely. Yeah, because Karen, talk about your illustrations. You've got a lot of illustrations in that book. Yes, I do. And, I I mean, I couldn't be happier. I mean, Gary's Upside Down Adventure just came out, I mean, just better than I had hoped. But, again, I just feel like it was just pure luck because I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, but finding a good editor who then introduced me to, you know, um, Robin, who then, you know, opened up some doors to, to these uh, illustrators. And yeah. Paisley Hansen, who was my illustrator, she was just, she's just kind of breaking into the business. So this is kind of a, as she said, her she's largest a wonder, project. She did one of my books. She did my book. Oh. Uh, she, yeah, she did No Clues, No Shoes. She's very yeah. good. Yeah, she's yeah. so good, yeah. and she was so lovely to work with, you know, and we were all learning together with Robin and Paulette's um, help with platinum editing. And, yeah, I couldn't be happier in the cover. It's interesting you mentioned that because I, I definitely had a vision of what I wanted. I wanted Gary, Gary the gargoyle's face to just be right there big. So as a child walked by, they would just be like, you know, they would stop and <laughs> have to take a closer look, you know, kind of thing. Um but, yeah, I feel very fortunate because I definitely had my opinions um, but didn't know what to do with them. So I, I was lucky in having good people to help guide me. But I, I think that's true. And I think, Jacob, you know, the way you work with Philip, you know, you both worked it out. And it, it's so that's why books are successful when they illustrate. Because, you know, children's books, it's really important. I mean, you know, um, if the illustrations don't work, the book doesn't work. That's just the way it goes, you know. I mean, and people can say other things, but it's not true because that's what they remember when they're looking at the book kids is they're looking at the pictures, you know. And some kids, if they're really little, they might just look at the pictures and not read the words, but they're still remembering what the pictures look like. So it it counts a lot. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And Jacob, I think that, you know, so when someone calls you, you know, and you like, and I hear this all the time, a lot of people, they really don't know what they want, you know, but it seems like the two of you, so I know, Philip, you got to sit down with him, which is a good thing. But if you don't, I, I, think I, would, I it, wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't yeah, have it yeah. any other way. So go ahead. Yeah, see, I, 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 I was fine with Mikey because he, he did great illustrations and he does a lot of my things for me, but I guess he, he, he knows me for years already, not to be in the same room with him, but he kind of knows what I might like and what I don't. And um, I think that, Karen, I, I, I know you're probably going to be doing another book, right? I mean, do you have an idea about what you, you, you're going to make a yes. series, right, yes. too? Yeah. Right. So I have, yeah, the idea is it's one of eight, possibly nine. <laughs> um, wow. So it's the adventure of Gary the Gargoyle. The first one is Gary's Upside Down Adventure, and each one is a different adventure. And the idea is that, you know, there's a lot of educational component to it. Uh, this one is historically accurate, kind of focuses on the history. Uh, so each book, book kind of focuses on something fun. So there's a learning component as well as um you know, just being a fun fantasy for kids to, to dive into. But, yeah, so that, that is the hope and the plan now. And what category um, did you put it in at? What category are you in? Um, see, that's the other thing that's very difficult sometimes with children's books, to get it in the right category. And Amazon is, you know, they, they need to change some of their ways because it is really hard for people to put their books in just 10 categories for children. You know, it's, it's hard. What, I, what categories did you choose? I'm forever well, changing it, categories. Well, I didn't, to be honest, I didn't realize I was in a category um, <laughs> at all. Well, you are Amazon, in a category. I, Every Yeah, when um, you look on I mean, Amazon, look at the category because that, that could be, that's important. Uh, Philip uh, and Jacob, what category did you put yourself in? Children's bedtime, children's. I think know? it was children's fiction or, fiction. or children's, children's fiction. picture picture yeah, books. 
Yeah, the picture but books. But to that, I do think ahead. that there's something to being a big fish in a small pond. And this was something Philip and I talked about a lot. You know, if if you're just throwing yourself in the broadest possible category, you've got a lot of competition. But if yes. there's something unique and special about your book, you know, if your book is religious, for instance, in in yeah. some sense, or if your book is dealing with some kind of nature topic or or some kind of, uh, you know, a political movement or, or, or something yeah. to that effect, right? If you can make that pond a little smaller for yourself and that yeah. category a little smaller for yourself, then, then all the best. I did another book um, for a traditional publisher for, uh, for uh, uh, Mayus Road, and we, we did a, a Christian book. And it was um, number one in Jesus Stories for Children on Amazon for yeah. six weeks running. Now, that's yeah, a pretty small that's category. Good. Yep, you know, know, but there are not a lot of Jesus books for children, but we were able to see, cut down yeah. see, that's our a good, see that, and Yeah, because that is the killer. Because when you put yourself in, you know, and a lot of people I've noticed, because I go looking through that sometimes because after my shows, I'm like, okay, I'll look up this, I'm looking up that. And then I notice that some of these books, they're in categories they probably shouldn't be in, but they're in, you know. And um, right. Amazon does watch that, but not all the time. And but it it is good to find a small category if you can, you know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So um, go go always go for the yeah. most niche because people people don't want it. They say, oh, I don't want to be labeled. I don't want my book to be seen as too niche. I don't want to be you know categorized. I know, but then you get higher up for everyone. Exactly. But if you if you actually are willing to be categorized and if you're willing to yeah. be niche, you can be more successful. It's kind of counterintuitive yeah. that way. Right, and that's well, which my Holocaust book. I have a book that's a Holocaust book, and it's a memoir of, um, of somebody that was in the Holocaust. And you know, we, I, Robin and I, we do change it a lot. I change it sometimes, off and on. But uh, you're right; it should. I should stay in the one category that it does the best in, because you're right. If you can make yourself, you know, in a smaller group, you are better off. Because when you write children's book and you go fiction, well. Or picture book, you're in with millions, and it's hard, you know. And that would be that's the difficult thing about all of this, you know. Um, are you? I mean, you're planning on doing another book, right, Philip? I think you said. When we talk. Yeah, yes. we're gonna do, we're gonna do some Penny's adventures. Of yes, that's a good books. thing. See, I, if I were giving people advice, which I do, I would say do a series because after each of my books I said oh yeah I'm going to do a series but then I didn't you know and so I think series is the best way to go because if they like the first book they will definitely read the others and it's you get you have an audience which is hard to get that's the other thing is getting an audience is very difficult you know a loyal audience you know um that's one of the reasons why, you know, like uh, the romance books for the sexier books, they have audiences and I, they have a lot of fans. And it's hard to get fans. It's certainly hard to get fans in children's books because you're not dealing a lot of times with the children. You're dealing with the parents. So you don't necessarily have the fans. And that's a big help if you can get fans. You know, I think. Do you have any suggestions on how to go about that, Marcia? Well, I've been doing this for a long time. I wish I knew exactly. You know, uh, I can say what I do tell people is, which people that know me already, I do have a lot of banners made. I have a lot of pictures made. I put them out in a lot of people, and I use a lot of places, and I use um, uh, Southern Owl, and I all use Owl and Pussycat, and they are very inexpensive ways to have other people market your book, and it's helpful. You know, and um, I think the more things you get out there, the better it is. Because I've I've discussed this with Amazon uh, several times, and because sometimes as authors we feel like, oh, did we put too much out? Did we not put enough out? Well, Amazon said, you know, according to their, they just say it's never enough. And guess what? It probably isn't because Amazon is on every time you do anything, Amazon is right there. They were they're selling something, you know, and so I guess because your eye, some people they say it takes maybe seven to ten times before someone even notices something you've done, 
So, I mean, my advice to most people is to use companies. And also, Robin from Fidelity, she doesn't do it all the time, but she does wonderful, like, posters and banners. But that's what I feel helps a lot because I use a lot of different, like, for my audio books. I also use Storybook. And they make, for inexpensive prices, you get your, you get different pictures. And people like that. So that's what I do for marketing because it's hard to market. You know, um, Karen, what what ways are you marketing? I am, um, well, I've got Gary, um, Gary the Gargoyle has his own website <laughs> and mm-hmm. Facebook yep. page. So okay. both of those have been really helpful. You know, I did some email blasts. I did have Robin make up some cards that I just put up like a yep. four by six. I'll put up at any like, um, town, you know, post office, you know, the board, um, community board type thing, as well as going around to the, you know, all the local bookstores, um, getting Gary, uh, Gary's Upside Down Adventure into tattered covers. A tattered mm-hmm. cover bookstore mm-hmm. in Colorado was huge because it's so competitive, so that really helped. Um, so just kind of just kind of pounding the pavement, I guess. Yeah, um, and, also, you know, but I think like, and Philip does, Philip, you have a, you know, some people say don't do it, and I actually think it's a good idea. And I think for Karen, you could do that because Philip, you have your own Facebook page as Penny the Penguin. Right. Uh, Jacob so, put that together for me. Yes. Yes, and I think that's really a good idea. You know, I know people say don't do it. Well, it's hard to do it if you have a lot of books, but if you're going to do a series, I think it's a really good idea. You know, um, because. Instead of being, it's not all about, well, I don't post my own personal things. That's my preference. I just post my books, my shows, and I don't post, you know, I don't just put out everything I do. I don't do any of that. But I think, so, you know, Karen, you might also want to have your own page. I, and I do. I have you one. Do. Is uh, it on Facebook? Person. Is it on Facebook? Uh-huh, so, uh, yeah. Oh, so I didn't Gary see it. I don't think I, did I see it? I don't know, but I know that. I know that I did see Phillips. Okay. See, because I think that's, I know a lot of people say, don't do it on the project. Do it, you know, for yourself, like your name. I, I think a project, Jacob, how do you feel about that? What do you think? In regards to marketing through Facebook and things yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's, I think it's a, you know, it's always best to use whatever media you can, you know, so, so I have my own professional Facebook page, but I've shared all of our social media, all of our posts about Penny Penguin through, but then we also have this Penny Penguin page that I share through as well. Uh, An idea Phil had that I think was really excellent and that has done a lot of good stuff for us that might be a good suggestion for some of your listeners is uh, he started having people who he he knew who he'd gifted the book to he had them take photos of themselves with the book and that's a great idea it's hard to do because people you know people page. mean well but they don't always do that for you that's a wonderful idea yeah that's so right. we've gotten five or six of those i think at this point of of people taking photos of themselves with the book that we can then share a picture of a little kid with the book and those tend to get a lot of shares and a lot of likes yeah, um, and then something that I took on is redoing some of the art in the book as kind of memes with inspirational quotes on them so that people oh, can be good sharing idea. those because of the cuteness factor on those as well. That's a good um, idea. And then as we get into the summer with some of the summer reading programs at libraries and at different bookstores, as we do more book signings, we're going to be taking little videos at those and taking photos at those and posting them periodically as well so that people can get a sense of who we are as people and where we're at, and they can form a personal attachment with the, with the creators of the book as well as the characters in the book. So you're in, are you both in California? You're in California? Where are you? In, where are both of you? No, we're both, we're, we're both in Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. Yeah, See, Pittsburgh. All right, and Pitt, Karen? Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, right, yeah. And Karen, where are you? Yeah, I'm in Indian Hills, Colorado. Okay. See, you know, and it does, you know, to me, what I've seen from people, it does matter what area you live in. And if the bookstores are, um, they're very generous to independent authors and not all cities are the same. You know, they just aren't, you know, and right. And I, I've been pushing this and I, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, you know, you know, 
I don't say self-publish or whatever anymore because it's independently published. And I think that, you know, it, it, it gets a lot of people, that's why I keep having the shows to explain to people that, yes, you need an illustrator, yes, you need an editor, yes, you need to work together, and yes, it turns turn out a good project. It's It doesn't matter if you're independent because when people are reading a book, they don't really care who the publisher is. They just want the story. They want to look at good pictures. So I think it's for most, I think it's very important for independent authors to respect themselves and who they are and not take second place because it's not true. You know, I mean, independent authors do really good books. You know, I mean, they do. There's no, you don't know any different if you're seeing a good book. Do you agree? That's true. That's true, yeah. yeah. And I Jacob, that's true. you work for both. You work for both. So how do you how do you think independent authors can overcome this? Just by doing the best work? That's what I think. You know, doing the best they can. By doing the best work and also by taking it slow. Uh, I mean, I will say, and this is a huge yes. props that I've got to give to Philip. You know, he was willing to take as long as the process needed to be the best possible right. product that we could produce. Okay. Now, yeah. I've worked with other authors, and I won't, I won't mention them here, but I've no, worked we with never other did. authors who, <laughs> right. no who were. Right, no I know. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I think the projects ultimately suffered for it. If, you, if, you, if I get a call from an author and they say, well, I really want to do this book, but I've got this very, very tiny budget, and I need to have it done in a month – well, yeah. that's not going to be a good book. You know, yeah. you're, you're, it's just not, you know, and, and the thing is, you think you're getting a deal because, oh, well, I'm not paying that much and it's going to happen so quick. But then guess what? You're not going to sell any books. Right. So right. then you ultimately suffer. Whereas if you take the time and you put the effort in and you, you're willing to take it as slow as needs to be taken to make it the best possible product, then it'll be the best possible product. And I think audiences will respond to that. Also, I'd say in regards to your point in terms of uh, cities and, and different cities being different, yeah. I think that's, that's very true. But I think it's important for an author, if you're doing independent publishing, to know your city. So, for instance, I do a lot of work yeah. in Cincinnati as well. And the way I'd market a book in Cincinnati is nothing like the way I'd market a book in Pittsburgh. Right, exactly. Still being yeah. in Pittsburgh, yeah. though, we, we end up doing a lot with local charities, taking advantage of certain local uh, traditions and fandoms and sports teams and things like that to really tie in the marketing of the book that I would not do in Cincinnati, whereas Cincinnati has a much better sort of um, uh, kind of local mom-and-pop bookstore culture than Pittsburgh does. And so taking advantage of selling books in in different places there is, is a much better opportunity in that direction than we'd have in Pittsburgh. So, you know, yeah. take the time to know your city, know your community, know your artist, know your audience, know your product. And if you really it's take that advice. time and you put the yeah. attention in, then you'll get something out that is really to be proud of. And I know Karen can address that because Karen, I could tell that this book did not take one minute. So, you, you know, <laughs> but no, I mean, but see, that, that's the thing, but it's, you can tell a good book and Jacob's absolutely right you know we rarely hear that on you know uh this show because I think that is a problem you know and I've said this many times I myself take you know I'm a fast-paced person however not when I'm writing because I can't I wonder how they churn out like romance books or whatever I am very fussy and I go back and forth and back and forth and try to figure out my characters and right I could have hundred books out but that's not what I can do because I want the story to be good so I Jacob you're absolutely this is great advice now Karen I know it took time so you want to talk a little bit about how you managed it when you found your you know you found out you were going to do this time-wise yes so I yeah I was pretty naive as I mentioned earlier and I remember I sent my initial manuscript to uh, Paulette um, with platinum editing you know, expecting her to come back and say, oh, isn't this just so wonderful? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I yeah. got a significant author letter back, which I didn't mm-hmm. even know what an author letter was, with, um, you know, all of these things I had never even thought of, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And um, so it, what, what I thought was going to be a quick turnaround took almost a year. Yeah. and But I'm grateful. Yeah. I mean, I had a lot yeah. to learn, and, uh, you know, and it just – because now we can honestly look at it, at least technically, you know, it's 
perfect. Um, and then hopefully the story is stronger. Um, but yeah, it was definitely took time. And, you know, I work full time. So, you know, I just had right. a, you know, I wanted to see it through. So after work and on the weekends and um, I was sitting down and, and doing what I needed to do and back and forth between the editor and myself and then, you know, with Paisley, the illustrator, and then with Robin. So it was, it was yeah. not a quick process, but I'm glad I took that time. Right. Um, you know, you a, need to take, and Jacob, you know, by Jacob saying that, we, I've had a lot of people, but we don't really talk about that a lot. We talk about, you know, pushing these books out, you know, and I agree perfectly with what you said. It's It couldn't have been said any better because the truth of the matter is that is what happens to independent authors. They go, okay, let's just do this because they know if they go to um, a publishing house, it's going to take two, three years. It's not taking right. a, one month. Right. No, I mean, I'm working on a book right now for a traditional publisher, and it's almost done, and um, it's coming out next Easter. See, right, exactly. I mean, it'll, yeah. be, it'll be eight months between when I submit the final pictures for that book and when it actually is published. Now, does it have to take that long when you're independently publishing? Of course not, because you're controlling no, a lot right. more, and you're doing yes. more typesetting and things like that. But it should take longer than a month. Yeah. You know, it should yeah. it should be a labor of love, and that should yeah. include both the love and the labor. <laughs> no, and that's true. And you know, like a lot of my books, you know, um, I did in the past, and you know, now what I do is, you know, I've written twelve screenplays, but I uh, some of them were optioned, but they didn't get taken for movies. So now I'm making them into novellas, and the stories are much stronger and a lot different. But I know the characters, and sometimes I'm moving characters in with other characters, but it takes time. And sometimes I'm mad at myself. I go, like, well, when am I going to finish this? And I'm going, like, no. And then I got to a point where I was actually the the one of my characters was really happy doing a happy dance, and I felt happy because I went, like, oh, God, I can do this because I got them together. In a romance story, it's hard. you got to get them together in the right way, and it doesn't just work just one, two, three. It takes, it's like a relationship, so you got to get them together, and it's the same as what you're saying. And I, for me, that's why I tell people, even when they're listening to children's shows, like right now, it applies to writing, whatever they write. You can't just throw it on a page and it works. It doesn't happen. It, do, it does, like you said, it does, but it's not good. It's got to be taking time to gel a little, to make it right. You know, and... Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, Jacob, your, your advice is great. I mean, no I'm doubt glad, about I'm glad you think so. I mean, it's, it's just a, it's a true thing for anything, whether you're writing a book or raising a kid, you know, anything worth doing takes a while to do <laughs> and Phil was, See, I was think, excellent I think about that working is with true, you, you know right and you know I'm having you know somebody I'm from Southern Owl I'm having Crystal and Genevieve and they that is what they're going to be talking about they're going to be talking about the editing process and how they put the books together and it takes a while and when they tell people three months five months they go well what do you mean three months five months they go well that's how long it's going to take we have to edit it we have to you know make it format it right I mean if they're not, they're, it's a publishing company, but if you're independent and you're going on Amazon, you still have to have everything right. It got, it has to be formatted right. And the pictures, and naturally they have to be, they have to, like a lot of times Robin from Fidelity, what would happen if years ago I'd find a picture and other shows, they don't match. She happened to be a graphic artist also too. So it's like, she goes, they don't match. I mean, what do you mean they don't match? She goes, they don't match. And then years later now I get it. You know, because they have to match. You can't just, you know, they don't. Well, I do want to say, though. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Phil. Go Go ahead. ahead. Well, I was just going to say, these children books especially, they're not just text. They're they're a work of art. And if you hire an artist to paint a picture for you, you're not going to hurry them. You want them to do the best job that they can do. It's the same thing with a book. You want to get it right. You want to take your time. And then when it's ready to go, you'll know it. And, and you should not release it before then. Right. See, I, I think that's, you know, that's such a, a strong point, you know, because we all want to get as many books. You know, I have authors on that they do have a lot of books, you know, and that's great for them. But I, you know, and actually we're having a show uh 
in a few weeks with Elizabeth Black, who does shows with me. She does a lot of different kind of writing, romance, erotic, a lot of different times. And she's gonna she's done an article on jealousy. And um, I've had people on my show, sometimes they really are jealous of some other people. And really, it's uh, I think in this field, I feel most people aren't jealous. They want the next person to succeed. I mean, I would hope that, you know, because when some like if I see a good movie, I'm like so happy because I know how long it took for that person to get that movie made. And the same with a book. You know, it's hard. You know, and then and then if you take it to somebody's review and then somebody reviews it and they give it like a one star and they don't even, let's say, they watch half the movie or they read one page of the book, this is hard. You said labor of love. You're right. Even if a, you don't like someone's book, it still takes them time to do it. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, but, so, I mean, people but, have to be a little nicer to other people. That's true. But I will say, you know, we're, we're talking a lot about how hard it is and, and how much work there is. You know, it's, it's a lot of fun to build these yes. things, too. And I do think that, that I agree. Um, if, if you're willing to take the time and you're willing to put the work in, what you end up getting is this, is this greater sense of confidence that your book is worth it, that brings a lot yes. of peace with it and allows you to have fun. You know, you're, you're actually cheating yourself out of the fun of designing a book if you try to do it quickly, because That's then right. it feels chaotic and you're not going to get any joy out of it. So I wonder if you could speak to that, Philip, uh, about oh, your favorite part of the process. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're not having fun in whatever you do, you should do something right. else. Right. Especially any kind of work that you have. You've got to enjoy it. That's how you, that's how you do your best. Karen, do you feel the same? Well, absolutely. Absolutely agree. Now, this is just the fascinating to hear from from both of you and compare experiences yeah i think this is really you know because i do and because these are the things that really are important and i have mentioned this on many of my shows you know and i tell people this if you're writing something you do want to have fun this you know i mean it's hard though when you write a dramatic story you know because sometimes it's pretty sad and you're really in it and it's tough you know but you know you have to you should like the work that you've completed and if you don't, I had an author on here, and she's a romance writer. She has hundreds of books. She's really, she's a great guest, okay? And sometimes she starts a book, and then she really doesn't like what she does. So then she said, you know what I do? And I keep remembering a lot of these things. She says, I go in my backyard and start a little fire, which is not always great. She says, I just put it in there, and I'm done. And I and I remember that because sometimes it's not working. And, you know, so don't just finish it if you really don't like it. And if you're not having a good time doing it and it doesn't mean anything to you, then it's not going to mean anything to anybody else either. So exactly. it's important to exactly. think about, yeah. you know. And I think, you know, listening to this show, you know, what you both, all three of you have said, you know, is you enjoyed what you did and your projects look it. And it does matter, and we, you know, we don't always address that sometimes because people are talking about other things or whatever. But the the things that we've talked about today are the things that make a good book, you know, uh, certainly a children's book. Uh, that you have to have these in a children's book, because if you're going to read it and you don't have fun when you're reading it to the kids, this is not a good thing. And Marsha, one other thing I'd like to say for your audience: sure. um, all the. Um, all the net royalties from our book, Penny Penguin Finds Her Way Home, are going to the Mario Lemieux Foundation. That's a great. Right? Want to tell everybody what that is? It's a really, it's a good cause. Well, Mario, Mario Lemieux was a. If you don't know much about hockey, he was a he was a famous hockey player. Won two Stan, Stanley Cup championships, and he's from Pittsburgh. Well, he played in Pittsburgh for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And uh, we, Jacob and I have are develop, have developed a relationship with that foundation. I they were one of my charities that I I, I would give to periodically, but we de- but we decided to use them exclusively as the beneficiary of any net royalties from this book. Because basically, this was a labor of love for me, for my daughters and my grandchildren, and, and I was not I'm not doing this uh, to make money. So it's really it's a it's a really nice thing to do, you know. And I think that it's always appreciative if you know uh, when people do things like this because it's, you know, you're, you're right on one thing, you know, because if you're doing this 
for a certain reason and then you are getting proceeds going somewhere, I think that's a great thing to do. You know, it's really good. And um, I do think, you know, all the things we've talked today are really important things that I think sometimes authors don't think about because we're, you know, we're kind of busy, we're working, we're doing other things, we're, you know, trying to get the best work, we're trying to market. And um, after 20 years, I'm, I have telling people what I think, you know, it isn't about, it, it, you know, we're all wanting to be number one, so it's not really, that's not really what it is. You have to be happy with what you've written and that you know that this book for years to come, it's a legacy. I mean, no, you know, we don't even know who has our books, which is such an interesting thing when you really think about it. We don't know who bought them. So somewhere in some town, some city, some hospital, whatever, if you donate and whatever, somebody has the books that we've written. So we are out That's there. Right. And it's so important, you know, and I was, you know, sometimes people say we want to leave something, but when you're an author, you are leaving things, or an illustrator, you're leaving something out there that when we're gone, somebody else is going to be reading. So I think this is a good thing. That's why, Jacob, you're absolutely right to say it's a labor of love and it's important and to get it done in a way you're happy with when you're done with it. Yeah, absolutely. Marcia, you know, be yeah, go ahead. Your stuff. Karen, go no, ahead. I just want to introduce you the whole legacy idea. I think is amazing because, you know, the Gary the Gargoyle was, you know, my mom's creation. You know, it was her idea, and she had always wanted to be a published author, author and it never happened uh-huh. for her. Yep. So being able to finish the book for her and have it published and have it out there and it has her name on it, um, you know, to me is. It's so important. Yeah, and that's the thing. And, you know, (laughs) it's a wonderful thing. And I think one of the things, you know, I mean, we're almost done with the show, but one of the things is I don't think this is, you know, I was an agent and I had many, many clients, and a lot of them, they just gave up, you know, and we hundreds of, I have hundreds of rejection. I was just talking about that. I have all of them, I have the pages. But now you can actually get your books out there. And I think one of the things to me is I don't think people understand how important independent publishing has been because all of these stories that are out there independently could be in someone's drawer with and now they're all out there for people to read and I think people aren't as happy as they should be because I think years ago people just they didn't get their books done so they people would find things like you said in drawers okay and then some most of the time a lot of times people throw them out you know, and I think Marta Bishop has been on my show, and she did that too for a book. And I think sometimes people don't realize some of the papers that they might find when somebody passes away that might be books that they could do things with, you know, for the people that never got their books published. Because, you know, so many people years ago did not get their books published. And now it's wonderful. It's open. It's an open field. You know, anybody else have anything to say about that? Because I think it's so such a great concept now that people actually get their work out. Jacob, last word. Yeah, on no, that. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think, uh, I mean, there was a there was a cover of a book I did last year, or I was working on last year, that was exactly the kind of thing that you're talking about, where yeah. a person's mother had passed away, and she had a lot of memoirs that she had sort of jotted down in the form of diaries over the course of the years and, and her daughter was able to revisit those or, or, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily even be, be passing away. I mean, as, as Philip was saying at the beginning of this, this, this topic, you know, Penny Penguin finds her way home is a story that he had pulled from years of, of telling his, his daughters this story. So I think, I think the important nugget of truth in what you're saying is, if it's important to you, it'll be important to other people. You know, yeah. write something that's already close to your heart, and chances yeah. are someone else out there will have a heart similar to yours that really loves what you've done. Yes, I think that's a really good thing. Philip, any last parting words on that? I think, I think Jacob uh, put that very very succinctly. If, yeah. it's, if it's important to you, someone else is going to like it also. And whoever that group is, that's that's all and I think your daughters to, uh, aren't your daughters excited that you aren't your daughters excited oh, that you did this? They were they were thrilled to yeah. see this come to life. It's very exciting. They were thrilled. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
And and I think for Karen, you know, all you know, people that you tell about this and, you know, naturally relatives along the way will realize this and they may not have known your mother, but they will now. They will now. Yep. No, it's uh it was her gift to me as much as it is my gift to her. For sure. It's it's so nice. I mean, all right, on that note, I, you know, this has been a really good show because I, you know, I always learn things myself. And I, you know, particularly like when we're talking about things like this that really matter because, you know, it goes into the heart of why we all do this, you know. and um, That's right. So, okay, and Jacob, do you want to give your website one more time so we can tell everybody? I can, yeah. My website is jacobpopcheck.com. That's J-A-C-O-B-P-O-P-C-A-K.com. But you can find Penny Penguin Finds Her Way Home on Facebook, Amazon, and wherever books are sold. And Philip, that's where they find you mostly, right? That's where they'll find me, yes. Okay. And Karen? Yes. Um, www.garythegargoyle.com is the website. And then Gary's Upside Down Adventure could be found on you know, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and a lot of the local stores here in Colorado. And, uh, you Thank know, you. all of you, you know, when you have new projects, Jacob, also, if you have a new project you want to bring on with an author, just let me know. And, Philip, I'm next book. And, Karen, please come on. And I hope you'll come on other shows because sometimes we just have discussions about, you know, writing. And Because, I, in my opinion, every writing is similar, you know, that we talk about. It helps somebody else to hear about a children's book as it would because it's writing. It's just about writing, you know, and how we get there. And thank you all for listening. You can find me at www.michiganavenuemedia.com and marciacaspercook.com. And thank you again for a great show. Thank you all for coming you, on. Marcia, it's been really good. Us. I've thank learned a lot. You. Thank you so much. What an honor. Thank, thank you. you so much. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.